Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Crossed Up, Philly's podcast. Uh, I'm Anthony Sanfilippo, and this is something that we are starting new this year, where um, between episodes of the pod, uh, Bob or I, or maybe down the road, Anthony Jr., we'll see, uh, will do a daily recap uh, the morning after uh, a game. Um, so usually uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday um, is the plan to do these, um, and it's the first one of those this year, this season that we're that we had a game uh, during the week, the night before, and um, do a little recap. And these are going to be quick, you know, fifteen minute, you know, kind of, you know, one person thoughts on what took place the night before. And uh, if I'm going to dive right into it, I'm going to tell you that. You know, it was more of the same frustration and aggravation watching the Phillies lose eight to one to the New York Yankees uh, on Monday night, and um, and more for the same reasons that, that we've seen so far in the first four games that have been an absolute nightmare for them. Um, we, we've had a situation where it's been uh, more ill-prepared pitching, um, for lack of a better descriptor uh, of it. And and, and um, on offense, while the team is hitting well overall, they're not driving in runs. So it's it's clutch hitting. It's time. It's timely hitting. That's that's not been there. But at the same time, it's difficult to pin that on the team when they feel like they are so far out of a game and they don't really have a chance. I mean, Phillies give up eight more runs. Um, they've now allowed um, 36 runs uh, in in the first four games, which is uh, is unfathomable. Unfathomable to me. Actually, I'm sorry, 37 runs in the first four games. It's unfathomable to me. Um, and it's so crazy. It's only happened uh, – it's the most that they've allowed since 1931. Uh, so you're talking – you know, 92 years since uh, since they've been this bad and that was an era when you know they gave up some of the worst they had some of the worst eras in, in the history of the game so when you think about it that's that's just wild um and, and yeah it's it's concerning right i mean you, you know <laughs> you can have a four game losing streak in the middle of the year and people will be annoyed but they probably don't put as much stock into it as they are putting into it here, right? At the start of the year, because you expect uh, a better beginning. Um, so that so that's part of it. That's part of the why, why everybody's kind of freaked out right now. But at the same time, you, you can't come into a season and just hope you can weather this pitching storm and then everything will be all rosy later. I mean, that's, that's just not possible. So let's let's dive into it. I mean, Taiwan Walker is the starter, gets his first start as a Philly in the game. Um, and overall, you know, what was his performance? Overall, his performance was okay, right? It it started bad. Um, to his 
you know, he described it as being just a little amped up in the beginning, couldn't find the strike zone. And, and you know, in that first inning, he ended up throwing 33 pitches in the first inning um, and gives up two runs in the first inning, uh, but then really settled down. I mean, he does give up a home run, um, uh, you know, that, that makes it uh, three nothing at one point. But I felt that other than that, uh, the pitch to, I think that was Anthony Rizzo's home run. Um, uh, other than that, I felt like he actually really settled down and, and pitched really well. I mean, his he struck, had a lot. Of, you know, he really did a nice job with Aaron Judge. Um, struck him out a couple times. Um, he he ended up with uh, I believe he had ten strikeouts. If that's not mis- if I'm not mistaken for the game, uh, in five and a third, he does get tagged with a fourth run uh, because there was a runner on base that uh, scored after Junior Marte came in and blew up uh, yet again. Um, but overall, I thought I thought Walker was decent. I guess the biggest concern about him coming in was that his last start in the spring, his velocity was way down, um, and his velocity came back um, in this game. He was throwing his fastball at ninety four, ninety five, which is about normal <clears throat> for Taiwan Walker. So, uh, so that was okay. Um, but again, at this point for pitchers, you, you can't be just okay unless you're going to get you know good relief behind you right i mean so so that being said when you when you look at walker and you see that he gave up you know four runs four hits he had five strikeouts i don't know why i said 10 five strikeouts um i just had to look up i said did that word really come out of my mouth did i really just say he had 10 strikeouts he had five um but uh no i mean it was an okay start then junior Marte comes into the game and all we heard in spring training, and look, Rob Thompson was speaking glowingly about this guy. Most times, there were times where he would bring him up without, you know, anybody asking questions during the time that I was there. And he kept saying that the guy was filthy and that there was a, they were really excited about him. And his first outing wasn't great. And this outing was even worse. He comes in in relief of Walker with a run on second. The Phillies down two runs um, in, the, uh, in the fifth inning. And absolutely implodes, um, throws a third of an inning, gives up three hits, four runs, all earned, three more walks, which is another problem. Um, and then he gets gets pulled from the game. But at that point, the Yankees, you know, basically are, uh, you know, the game's over at that point. It's eight to one when he comes out. And that's it. Goodbye. See ya. Ball game. Um and it's very reminiscent to the the Aaron Nola start, which you know, as we know, was not a great start for Aaron Nola. But then the bullpen comes in and blows up. You know, that one was a tie game, and the bullpen comes in and blows up and costs them uh, the the actual game. And then you know, and and the, the bullpen right now is a total mess. In fact, the whole pitching staff is a mess. Phillies as a team right now through four games. These numbers are st- staggering. And, you know, when you have a small sample size, sometimes the numbers get to be a little bit more staggering. 9.28 ERA as a team through four games. A whip of 2.031. That means that they are giving up 18.3 base runners per nine innings. Think about that. 18.3 base runners per nine innings. Um, they've allowed eight home runs through four games so far. So there are 2.3 home runs per nine. And the only reason that that's above two, you said, well, like eight home runs in four games, it should be two per game, 2.3, uh, is because um, they only have been pitching eight innings 
right? Because they're not pitching in the bottom of the ninth because they're getting smacked, right? They're getting beat other than Sunday night baseball when it was a one-run game. They haven't been in the games in, in the in the ninth inning. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just been one ugly thing after another. And, and, you know, there's so many other mistakes that are happening too. I mean, you don't want to just put it all on the pitching, but it starts with the first batter of the game against the Yankees. Um, DJ LeMayhew gets a base hit up the, you know, not up the middle, but to center field, um, uh, off of Walker and Brandon Marsh completely misplays it. Uh, it kind of gets caught in between, but I mean, I thought it was pretty obvious, you know, looking at the replay a couple of times too, I thought it was pretty obvious that that thing was going to fall. And, and I don't know why he suddenly kind of felt like he could catch it. And then even then he doesn't die for it and he's offline, really. I mean, he's kind of offline and it gets under his glove, rolls all the way to the wall. Um, LeMahieu's slow as hell, so it's not an inside-the-park run. It only ends up being a triple. Should have been a single and two-base error. I, I'm stunned that they changed it. It was the original call, and then they changed it to a triple. I mean, there's no way in my mind that should be a triple, but that's that's totally on Marsh. So that kind of gets you set up, you know, the wrong going the wrong way. And then Marsh later, um, when the Phillies are trying, you know, they're only down two runs still, and, you know, he gets a double, which is nice, down the line and, you know, opposite way went down the left field line and then uh real muto gets a base hit to right field and marsh you know kind of puts on the brakes i mean he was held by dusty watham at third uh coming around the bag and um the throw from right field from franchi cordero was sailing a little bit um but it was being backed up by nestor cortez the yankee starting pitcher and marsh kind of gets himself stuck too far off a of third base like he stopped because it, it looked like he was originally going to run through the stop sign but then he stops okay and then for some reason rather than take a step back to the bag he just kind of freezes there for a second he's about three four steps off the bag and i think when he sees it sail he thinks about going home for an instant and takes like one more half step toward the plate and then realizes oh we're in the major leagues the pitcher's backing up the throw um, and turns around and tries to get back to third, and Cortez throws back to third, picks him off, end the inning. Phillies would have had second and third, right, with uh, with Castellanos coming up with an opportunity to tie the game with a base hit. And and so Brandon Marsh had a rough, rough game, um, both in the field and on the base path. So um, those things are happening, right? And we saw it Sunday night, a couple of errors. You had an error by Turner and Boehm dropped a ball. I guess that was, I might have been, might have been Sunday, that might have been Saturday's game. All four of these games are kind of running together. That's how ugly and bad they've been. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a real problem. And then, you know, when you look at the Phillies offensively, as a team, they're hitting 287, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's pretty darn good. I think all of baseball, they put the stats up during the game last night. All of baseball's hitting like 244, I think it is, or 245. The Phillies are hitting 287. So they're hitting way above average for even the league through four games. Um, they have 17 extra base hits, which leads Major League Baseball. Although of those 17 extra base hits, only one is a home run. So they have 12 doubles, four triples, and a homer. And yet, despite hitting 287, despite leading the league in extra base hits, they've only got 12 runs in, in four games, which is... I mean, it's not terrible, but it's also not great. I mean, it's an average of three runs per game. you got to be a little bit higher than that. Uh, and the bigger problem there is 
what they're doing when they're getting guys on base, but they're not bringing them home. And in the last two games, they are combined three for 18 with runners in scoring position, and they've left 17 runners on base. Um, you know, you look at the whole season, they're nine for 39 with runners in scoring position, which is a 231 batting average, which isn't very good, but it's also not, you know, awful. But that's because they did pretty well in the opener, right? I mean, they were four for 12 with runners in scoring position in the opener. But, you know, one for eight Sunday night, two for 10 last night. Um, and 17 guys left on base in those two games. They combined then for you know 20 hits, but they only scored two runs. I mean, that's that's not getting it done. That's really not getting it done. The Phillies need to to, to be smarter uh, and more situational. Um, and, and it's a shame to say that because if you watch their at bats, I mean, how many times are they going opposite field? How many times are they going you know right down the right field line or right down the left field line? Like I really feel like their 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 approach at the plate is pretty solid. It's just that in those certain instances when you get guys on base and get guys into scoring position where they have just – they go back into this, you know, cloud where they – and they just stop doing things the right way. Um, and that is – that to me is is almost as frustrating as the pitching. I get, it, it's, it's to the point now where it's blatantly obvious that they came north from Florida with the pitching being behind. There's, there's no doubt, right? I mean, it's not like these guys suddenly stink. Like the, all everybody, every pitcher stinks. It's not that they came north out of spring training and they were ill prepared. Um, that's blatantly obvious, and that falls on the team for for how they handled them in spring training. Um, but you don't expect that to translate with the offense. I mean, the offense has been good, so it's it's a it's a to me it's a mental thing when there are guys in in you know, with a chance to score, and then all of a sudden your your approach that has been so good at the plate suddenly dissipates, right? And every hitter has done well except for Schwarber. Schwarber's off to an awful start. He's 0, 0.59. I think he's 1 for 17 uh, to start the year. He's striking out a ton, um, not even walking. Like, I mean, he's he just looks, he looks lost right now um, through four games. Uh, but every other hitter is what well, – they got six players – with at least averaging at least a hit a game. So at least four hits so far this season. Six Phillies are at that point. You got Turner, Real Muto, Castellanos, Bohm, um, Stott, and Marsh are all averaging at least a hit a game. Um, Turner, seven for 18 so far. So he's hitting 389. Stott, I'm going to get to him in a minute. I mean, he's six for 15, hitting 400. He wasn't even supposed to be in the lineup last night. Uh, I want to talk about that real quick at the end. Um, but Alec Bohm's the guy, I mean, everybody's talking about so far, and rightfully so. Um, he's 7 for 15 to start the year, which is a 467 batting average. Obviously, he's not going to maintain that. But um, he just looks, when he comes to the plate, he looks like you, he looks like he's going to get a hit every time up. Just like the, the at-bats that he's had have been really good at-bats. He's hitting the ball where it's pitched. He's driving the ball with authority. He's got their only home run uh, so far this season for the team. Um, I, I just really like where Alec Bohm is right now. They're batting him fifth, and that's that's a good. That's not a bad spot for him because look, if he's hitting and he's going to drive in runs, you want him in a spot where he's going to drive in, uh, drive in some people, and, and the number five hole is an RBI spot. Might be worth considering flipping him in Real Muto, um, and 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 putting Real Muto behind Castellanos and putting Bohm at three, um, or if you're going to, or you know, if Schwarber is going to continue to struggle, 
you know, slide Real Muto up to two, put Bohm at three, and then drop Schwarber down in the middle of the lineup. Maybe, hey, a little bit later in the lineup, you know, get the, get into those home run opportunities, you know, where you can maybe, you know, catch into one, lean into one, and, and drive it out and kind of get yourself started going in the right direction, right? Um, who knows? But, I mean, the way Alec Bohm's hitting, it's been sensational. Um, you know, Phillies are, I think, are going to be very happy with the production they get out of him all year long. Um, he's all, really gotten off to a great start. And the final thing I just want to kind of talk about was, you know, Stott getting into the lineup. He originally wasn't. Originally, Josh Harrison was in the lineup, showed up at a Yankee Stadium um, with a swollen ankle, doesn't know what happened, why it why it happened. Um, they did a little treatment and decided he couldn't play. So they had announced before the game Christian Pache was going to be not shut down, but um, not play for at least three days. Um, and, and Tom McCarthy said he's going into the lab. I don't know if that was a uh, an exact quote from from Rob Thompson or, or Kevin Long, um, or if it was just McCarthy. You know, you know, play on words there. Um, so Pache's not wasn't really going to play. Now you took Harrison out of the mix. The Phillies really had no bench. Last night, I mean, you had Stubbs and Cave. Really, was all that you have left. So it was obvious that the lineup was going to be the lineup. But why Bryson Stott, who had five hits in the in the first three games, and, and especially coming off of another uh, good game with two hits and a, and a walk on Sunday against the lefty um, when they faced Martin Perez? Why not keep him in the lineup anyway and have a right hander off the bench that you could go to late in the game? Bob and I talked about this on the pod yesterday. The like the Phillies put themselves in a position where they give the opposing manager a distinct matchup advantage later in games if they stack their righties, right? So, so like to me, I think Stott should have stayed in the game and you find another way. And I understand you want to get Sosa at bats and Harrison at bats. I get it. But maybe you got to get a little bit more creative and get them there at bats not together as opposed, you know, alternate it or or you know if you like Sosa in the lineup a little bit more maybe Sosa gets you know the you know, two-thirds of those and Harrison gets a third of those whatever however you want to split it up but rather than have them in there together um, really affects your bench uh, Stott was one for four it wasn't like a, a, a notable game he did have just the one hit and it was um, it was it ends up being an infield hit but he hit it hard it hit off the pitcher's foot and then kicked over to third base um, so you could have could have gone through uh, if if uh, you know, if it doesn't hit the pitcher, but it was hit hard. So, um, yeah, I was a little perplexed by Bryson Stott not being in the lineup. Um, so hopefully, you know, they, they fully start to figure that out as well, like because that's a concern, like where what the roster is like on offense um, when you're facing left-handed pitching. Uh, fortunately for them, though, they don't have to worry about that uh, in the game today. Uh, tonight they play the Yankees again up at Yankee Stadium. Um, they'll face Domingo Herman, uh, who's a right-handed pitcher. Um, not great, not a great pitcher. Uh, he's he's had his moments for the Yankees, but he's not fantastic. Uh, he takes the hill. Matt Strom off the uh, on the mound for the Phils. Um, Strom was brought in here to be a lefty reliever, almost like a you can't say a specialist anymore because they have to face three batters, but. Um, yeah, I'm kind of going to be that guy to to use in certain spots, and he does have reverse splits uh, in his career, so that's a good thing, um, especially against the Yankees lineup, which is very right-handed heavy. Um, but Strom's going to be limited to 
65 pitches max for tonight. So you're looking at probably three and a third, three and two thirds at, you know, maybe four innings if he has a really good start. Um, But you're really not looking at a lot of innings for Matt Strom tonight. So this is a bullpen game in a lot of ways for the Phillies and the bullpen has been terrible. Um, So that's the, that's the concern Uh, facing off against a right-hander. I got to imagine you'll, you'll see uh, Jake cave back in the lineup tonight. Um, probably in the field with either uh, Schwarber or Castellanos DHing, um, and uh, Derek Hall obviously will be at first base. Marsh will probably be in center field. Will certainly be in center field. Stott will play. Will play second. The one thing I wonder is, you know, there's a day game tomorrow at Yankee Stadium, and then a day game Thursday, the home opener in Philly. Which of the these next two games is Garrett Stubbs your catcher? Is he catching tonight? Um, or is he catching Nola tomorrow? And I, I have a feeling you're going to see Stubbs start tonight's game against Herman, and that way Real Muto's in the lineup against against uh, Garrett Cole tomorrow afternoon up at Yankee Stadium. Um, so I think you're going to see Stubbs catch the the bullpen game, and Real Muto catch um, tomorrow uh, catch Nola against against Cole, just so you have a better bat against a better pitcher. Um, I guess the one other possibility is one of these two games, Real Muto's in the lineup as a DH. We're in the lineup at first base, um, and and so he's off as he's I mean, he's not he's not catching. Um, but the Phillies didn't do that a lot last year. Uh, I don't know what their thoughts are of doing it this year. Um, as far you know, I had I was already home when from spring training when Hoskins went down. Maybe their line of thinking changes once that happens. Maybe you'll say, okay, well we can. Still keep Real Muto's bat in the lineup, but just not have him catch, um, which they were a little bit more reluctant to do last year. But I think that they might feel the need, especially now if you're feeling a little bit of early pressure being 0-4. Um, so, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see but, you know, once that lineup rolls out here, uh, probably around 3 o'clock this afternoon, 3.30 this afternoon, what that will look like. Um, and finally, um, you know, the one other thing I, I want to kind of, if you're looking for silver linings, you know, 0 4, oh my God, you know, does 0 and 4 teams make the playoffs and things like that? Yes, it's happened. Um, and as a matter of fact, the 2008 Phillies started 2 and 4 and won the World Series. So if you really want to look at it that way, say, well, you know, if you go out and win these next two games, you know, same record as the 2008 Phillies. Um, but 0-4, last time a Phillies team was 0-4, made the playoffs. They did it in 1977. They actually won 101 games that year. So they've done it before. Um, other teams have done it as well. 0-6 has never happened. Okay, now that's a little bit different kind of a scenario. Again, not to say that you can't come back from 0-6, especially when the next several series are against teams that are that should be beatable. Uh, the Reds and Marlins, um, uh, come into Citizens Bank Park to start the home portion of the of the season uh, after the Yankees games, and then they go Phillies go on the road to play the Reds and the White Sox, and then come home again to play Colorado. So, I mean, you're talking about 17 games there that are very winnable for for that, especially with the Phillies lineup. Um, only the Marlins really throw good pitching at you. Reds got a couple nice young pitchers. That could be something, you know, you know, start to see something of this year in, in Hunter Green and and uh, Nick Lodolo and even the Ashcraft kid is is okay. Um, so you might see a couple of decent pitchers, you know, from the Reds and Marlins. Obviously, obviously the Marlins have some good pitching. Um, 
but they're you know the Marlins lineup isn't great, the Reds lineup isn't great, the White Sox are always an enigma, and Colorado is pro- is probably the worst team in the National League. They're not the worst in baseball because of Oakland, but they're probably the worst team in the National League. So I mean, this, these are opportunities ahead for the Phillies. Um, but you don't want to go. You don't want to sit there and go. Well, we'll be zero and six, and then we'll take advantage of those opportunities. You, you'd want to get at least one of these next two. Not that one and five is a great record either, um, but you want to get at least one of these next two, if not both. Um, and, and look, if you come away, you know, you beat Domingo Herman tonight, and and then somehow you find a way to, you know, maybe Nola pitches a great game, or you know, you you get a, an opportunity to hit Garrett Cole, and, and you steal that game. That then you come home, you know, at, at two and four, you're not feeling terrible. Um, it's not the start you wanted, but you're not feeling terrible. But you you really can't go zero and six, man. You just can't. I mean, that's 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 terrible. That's a terrible start, and and it's going to be it would be tough to overcome. Uh, not impossible, but it would be tough. Anyway, um, that's going to be it for me for today. Um, you know, Bob will Bob will be doing this tomorrow as uh, when, you know. So tomorrow. I will be actually up at Yankee Stadium um, for the game. So Bob will be doing the uh, post-game wrap-up for tomorrow following tonight's game. Um, and then I'm not sure which one of us will do Thursday. Uh, but I will. I think we're both going to be in the ballpark uh, in the press box Thursday for the home opener against the Reds, providing you some coverage from down there. So uh, maybe we both hop on Thursday morning. Um, to be determined, but one of us will be doing it. Um, anyway, uh, you can uh, be sure to follow us um, uh, on Twitter when you get an opportunity. Um, I'm at Ant San Philly. Bob's at Bob Wankel CB. And of course, the podcast has its own uh, Twitter account now um, that Bob pretty much handles because I have too much going on in my life. Uh, but it's at Up Phillies for Crossed Up. Um, and uh, don't forget to uh, absolutely subscribe. Uh, to us, oh, you can listen to us on anywhere you find your um, uh, your podcasts: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Uh, you could tell um, uh, Alexa to play uh, "Crossed Up" a Phillies podcast. You can listen to it at home, uh, but take us with you on the road on your commute uh, to work in the morning or on the way home. Uh, just download, subscribe. And uh, don't forget to leave us a review. I, I'm, I'm going to give you the rush joy if you follow us on Snow the Goalie. If you're a hockey podcaster, uh, podcast fan, and you follow our hockey podcast, I'm going to give you the rush joy and say, hey, leave us a five-star review. And uh, if it's a good one, we'll uh, we'll give it a read here on the show, which we haven't done um, in a while. But um, And I'm sure there's a few that I you know that have gone uh, by the boards that we haven't done, but if you get an opportunity, um, please do. Uh, it helps us in the helps us in the rankings. It helps us get it out there. Uh, people know that we exist, um, and we're seeing great growth. We love it. The, the Phillies fans are the best fans in in the sport, and and you know we've seen great growth since we started this thing a few years back, and uh, it's really exciting to to be doing this on a more regular basis. This is it's awesome. I said this was going to be 15 minutes, and we're on, I'm on minute 26 just because to show you how much I love talking baseball. Uh, that I can do it for 26 minutes without talking to anyone directly just talking to myself um so uh, but yeah give us a follow um make sure you subscribe send us a five-star review then we'll read it on the show uh enjoy the game tonight and and you know don't don't panic that it, they're owing for um yeah it sucks yeah it's been bad uh I, I try to be the the more patient guy uh on this podcast i think that you know they'll they'll get it together i believe that they'll get it together but time is running short uh, to really keep me on board with that that notion, you really have to start 
getting it together quick. So uh, hopefully it's tonight uh, and we have a Bob will have a nice win to talk about tomorrow. And then uh, we'll chat again later this week, whether it's Thursday uh, or Friday. So uh, for Bob, for Ant Jr. when he fills in, I'm Anthony Sanfilippo saying thanks for listening to Crossed Up, a Phillies podcast, and we will talk to you again soon.